Metal Cough. Heavy hate. Here we go, John. Thursday afternoon. Podcast recording. Live on YouTube. One goal today, Middle Cough. One goal today. I, I, I hope this for myself. I hope this for you. I hope this for everybody in the uh, YouTube comments. And I hope this for everybody listening to the podcast. The goal today is just not to offend Kwame Brown. Man, the man... Right now, I think he's my, my my favorite person in America right now. He's just inter- every day. It's like you see what Kwame did. New episode of Kwame, and again, not making fun here, John. I'm pretty impressed with his just shit talking skills. Yeah, he's uh, a guy that went zero to sixty quick. Hadn't heard of him in a long, long time, and then he comes out guns a blazing. Literally, can you say that? I mean, he's I don't know. I I, I would not fuck with him. He's huge too. It's not like you know he's just this little guy. I mean, he's like. Seven feet tall. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude. Spends a lot of time in his car. He's driving places. Just going places. Doing, you know, community work. Things for the community. Whatever he's doing. I don't know, but I'm a fan. I'm just here to say I'm a fan. I don't know if this is going to result in like a, a meet, some sort of deal. If he's going to create a content company or something. But um, people... Keep, doesn't feel like that's what he's after. No, he's right? just <laughs> had enough of everybody's... Picking on him. I think what was funny is that you and me probably both align on this one. It's a type story that when I originally saw it gaining steam, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that bullshit. These guys. Same. And then I clicked on one thing of Kwame. I'm like, I fucking love this. Because I just, Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, like they, they don't really do it for me. And so I'm just I'm on Team Kwame on this one. Yes, yeah, so I'm on Team Jordan. I'm on Team Jordan. So if that if it ever goes down that MJ, road, that'll be a uh, tough yeah. one for me. I, I don't. Hopefully they could bury that hatchet if if that if it needs even needs to be buried. But I'm with you. Wednesday Wednesday rolled around and I'd been ignoring the story completely because it's um it's just I had no interest in like going down that rabbit hole. And then I just have I saw one Kwame thing and then somebody sent me another one and I and I just thought you know this is this is something I need to invest some time in and so I did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I was happy that I did because now, you know, it's it. He just keeps coming, and, I, and I'd get, I'd be stuck behind like an old person who didn't get a uh, smartphone until 2020. You got, you got a lot to catch up on, and uh, I'm glad that I don't have a lot to catch up on because I already did the catching up. So I don't blame the phone companies, but I wonder if we'd be better off as a society if our phones just had stayed relatively simple. We got. A, I got a lot going on on my phone sometimes. It's yeah, like, uh, I don't. Well, yeah. have you ever tried to? Did you ever consider like an Apple Watch or anything like that? No, because that's just another step up exactly. of the whole thing. You know, so it's I like tried I don't. it for a day, returned it. I was like, I don't want text messages on my wrist, and, and I started to like. I had, I started to get these like ghost feelings on my wrist. Like I started imagining, or maybe I was. What do you have on your wrist right now? A watch. Yeah, it's actually just a Garmin golf watch. It's just the golf watch that I've always had for yardages, gotcha. but I just started wearing it as like a digital watch. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to look at your phone for the time. Yeah. Right? And, um, but I wore the Apple watch for a day and I started feeling like I could feel the, the like electromagnetic, <laughs> I could feel it in my bones. I was like, I don't want this <laughs> on my body all the time. Yeah. I, 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 I never got into it. Never. So, uh, and it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, you know, I do think it's kind of, where everything's gone with crypto and just technology is there a chance within even our young lifetime not even talking like when we're 70 but when we're four in like 10 years like the new rolex is more digital than it is 
when I say digital is probably the wrong word, but you know, that Apple type just phony than it is what it is now. Like if you tell me they're just like, you can just wear like a $20,000 computer type oh, thing on your wrist. I'm sure you can find a gold plated one. Yep. Or, or you're saying like, it really is. I'm like just saying can, like that, like the, the Rolex yeah. of what we grew up on is just that level of thing. For sure. I also think things do, it's kind of cyclical. Like, as soon as everyone's wearing an Apple Watch, then all of a sudden people start wearing analog watches. But I don't even I don't even so. mean Apple Watch. I just mean other companies. Yeah, yeah, Rolex yeah. gets into it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be smart. Part of the price point comes from like being a piece of art, right? Yeah. Um, but now you can just like own an NFT that's a fucking dunk for a hundred thousand so dollars. I thought who would even say? Yeah. Did Top Shot disappear from the face of the earth? Well, it it's definitely slowed down. I follow this one guy on Instagram who's like this uh, younger kind of rich business guy. And he gets pretty aggressive on some of his stories. And one thing he just put on a story, again, can't fact check this one, that Top Shot owes him and several other of his friends like all six figures. I, I don't know if they've had some trouble with yeah, I, financial stuff. Yesterday, I happened to click on their Twitter link while I was watching the Warrior game and uh, n- nothing popped up. And yeah, so, I think I I wonder so if they I, hit the skits. I try to take a shot at them and say like, watching this game, trying to figure out which will be the number one Top Shot moment. But then I realized, yeah, most of America doesn't even have a clue what NBA Top Shot was is no gone forever. I don't know. Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, where you are all as of this moment chasing me in first <laughs> place right now, John. Nothing like a Thursday leader. <laughs> Midday You're in first Thursday place right leader. Now. You're in first place. Thursday leader, but yep. What will, What's the money involved with your name right now? $450. So download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM. Like we have these games. We got the U.S. Open, the, the British Open, obviously football season. We're going to keep having these games. And I, I promise you this. I feel very, very confident Haberman will not win the pot. Because <laughs> it's there has never been a... Uh, wire-to-wire leader in DraftKings. Now, you, you may have a squad that can test the time, and you might win some money. I would bet against you winning yeah, the, the Looking top. at my team, it's not, you know, you go, okay, Hovland, T1, Keegan, T1. So that's where my whole team is. It well, Hovland, Hovland could win it. Hovland could, yeah, Keegan but I'm saying the fact that I've got two guys T1 right now is a major boost for me. Well, you get 30 points for each guy, Yeah, right? so I've got, a, I've got 48 points apiece in those two. Justin Thomas, not playing well. Uh, Max Homa, we'll see. And Harris English not playing well. Homa one under through through eight. Got you. So, so yeah, long way to just go. Long way to go. But <laughs> I like the, a little, uh, you know, just like uh, no, I, I don't, I don't mind pumping. While I'm your in chest, first place, I, puff your chest out. Fuck yeah, I've I, I've been in first place. I've gotten cocky on a Saturday. I remember. I think I insta storied at one time. Might have been a Masters where I had like eight hundred dollars. Because I think it was a 200-person game, but obviously I fell off the face of the earth. Because the one swing that happens in DraftKings, if you have multiple guys, like a, a guy in first, a guy in third, and a guy in fifth, well, if those guys fall back, you lose the bonus points for their places. Yeah. So you can drop back, like, you just like, where did my 40 points go? And it just gets taken away. So you're right. You get... I, I actually think Victor Hovland could win this thing. That's why I took him. I like him a lot. Yeah. But, you know... JT might be screwed. Uh, right now, you go to... JT might be screwed. Right now, you go to DraftKings and use the code HAM. Get a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs, which begin Thursday, Friday, a single game. Then the weekend will be great for DraftKings. ton of games both days, playoff games underway. Um, and 
Right now, you got DraftKings pools. Okay, DraftKings offers free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs. Gives you a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes. They're easy to enter. Download the app. Use the code HAM. Then you, you go to pools, the word pools, and then you just choose from. They got a bunch of different free contests you can enter for a chance to win cash prizes. Do it. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Now, one bet that I was pushing, I ended up not pulling the trigger just because when I went, I, I ended up betting on a couple other guys, Keegan Bradley, 80 to 1. And he's in the lead. Like, clearly he's going to be a factor, top 10. Uh, I got Homa, 9 to 1. I got Spieth. I, I could, I just put 50 bucks on Spieth, $800. I just, Gary Woodland, Bubba, and Tony Fino. I put $150 on Tony Fino to win six grand. So oh. that's that's as big of a golf bet I've ever had to the amount of money I could win. Yeah. So those are my actual bets this weekend. And if you want to gamble, mybookie.ag, they do a good with live odds in golf. Just if you ever just see a guy that's a couple back, maybe you can get them like, sometimes in golf you can be two back, but if you don't, for whatever reason, they're undervaluing them, you can still get them at like 10 to 1 on like a Saturday. You and I remember a couple weeks ago, we're like, should we put something on Bryson? It was like 20 to 1, mm-hmm. 22 to 1. After he flew back. Yeah, and he, he didn't make a charge. <laughs> so you just keep an eye on the live betting. And then the Warriors right now, uh, Friday game against the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, favored by three and a half points. You and I both like the Warriors and the points on Friday night, by the way. They I mean, on sorry, sorry, on Wednesday night. I think it was seven. Well, what, then it went to four and a half. It was close. Well, they close. ended up losing by three. Three. Yeah. A 13 and a half. Yeah. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. Remember, uh, they'll they'll match your uh, first deposit 50%. If you accept that bonus, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. But either way, HAM1 lets them know that uh, we sent you. Give you a little, um, just a little heads up on a couple of things we'll talk about on the show today, but it fits into the MyBookie discussion. You can get Trey Sermon as the uh, rookie, offensive rookie of the year in the NFL this year at 40-1. to one. Trey Lance is 5-1. to one. Trevor Lawrence is the favorite at 2-1. to one. Uh, you could get Nick Bosa as the NFL's comeback player of the year. Although, actually, never mind. I'll stop there. I don't think that one's on my bookie. Um, if you're in a particular DraftKings state, you could talk about uh, you could talk about that one. That one's there. But uh, my bookie does have the uh, offensive rookie of the year odds, so you could go go peep that. And uh, yeah, like we said, ton of go- live golf and and uh, NBA playoffs. So holler. Well, I wonder what's no. what's Kepka's live odds right now. Uh, I mean, probably not that great because he was forty-five and one coming in. I my guess would be two to one or something. I mean, he's won this tournament twice. He, uh, you know, is in the lead. <laughs> I, I I would imagine it's not that tasty. And to me, can he keep it up? Life betting. I don't know. It's not loading on my. Yeah, I, I'd say they may not, they may not have live up this early, so, but. Well, sometimes it changes when guys are off the course and other guys on. I think it's easier when your leaders on like Saturday and Sunday, it's more consistent. I think you, typically on Thursday, because the inconsistency of guys going off, you know, the, it's it's hard to make fair life betting odds with the staggered tee times. Gosh. I think they usually kick in like Friday afternoon once the cut kind of gets set and then Saturday, Sunday, they're humming. Uh, on YouTube, Trip says Kepka was fourteen to one when he finished his round. So that's a significant inc- from forty five. Is that what you said? Yeah, I to me the live betting odds on Thursday are just pretty risky. <laughs> like there's, I mean, obviously just making a bet on golf it just has some inherent risk. 
live betting odds on Thursday. A lot can happen. Uh, plus, you've got the weird swings of some guys teed off in the morning before it was windy. Some guys are teeing off in the afternoon. And it's going to switch. Okay. Don't forget to uh, get mailbag questions in. Friday live mailbag on the YouTube channel. You go to uh, iTunes. You leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate it. In that review, you leave a question. That is how you submit a uh, question for the mailbag. Easy. Easy. And if you're watching on YouTube, check out the podcast. If you listen to the podcast but haven't checked out the YouTube yet, do that. And for anybody, if you like the show, if you don't hate us, um, you know, share it with your friends. Be like, these guys are cool. I don't hate these guys. So we appreciate that. In the words yeah. of Ludacris, word of mouth. Some, some like older, I don't even know what they'd be considered, like life talk guys or people that you just end up following on like Instagram are big on doing this. Like, I want you right now to pick five people and text this episode. I'm like, you know, that's, that's a little cheesy for me, but like may, maybe it works. <laughs> yeah, but I want you to pick the same five people and do it every episode for a month. Let's just get those five. Let's lock in those five, John. <laughs> I don't want you texting 30 people over the course of I want five people who you're just going to spam. I tell you this, just pick random numbers. Not even people you know. I mean, I'm getting spammed six times a day for who knows what from who knows my who. My, my spams guy this week are out of control. I've got the same 888 number that is relentless. And I picked up yesterday, tell them to stop calling. Yeah. They hung up on me. Of course they did. <laughs> I mean, fucking A. The one that Leave kills me, me alone. I'll get, it'll be like, you know, 40 people on a text thread. And it'll be like, hey, daddy, for a good time text you know or call me or whatever and then people start replying like leave me alone take me off of this list <laughs> it's like guys random people it does and if if i block the thread it only works it doesn't work if a new person replies to the thread so it's take me off of this this is inappropriate it's like there's only one way to handle this unfortunately and that's just to ignore it everybody I never Jeez. signed up for this list. Oh, you never signed up for the sexting list? Yeah, neither did the rest of us. Anyway. Okay. You want to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. I thought Wednesday night was really unique. It didn't hit me until after the game. I was laying in bed after the Warrior-Laker game, and it occurred to me that I have not... There has not been that meaningful of a Warriors game that was just had that much like real-world energy around it in, what, two years? When's the last time you watched an NBA game start to finish? I mean, I've watched some NBA games start to finish, but like really not like that. Not like I did Wednesday uh, night. Like yeah, that's what in. I mean. When's the last time you watched an NBA game start to finish like you would a big game? I mean, this sports? year I went I went to a Warriors. I went to a couple games this year. I'm not talking about ones you were going to call. I'm just saying I'm not talking even the Warriors. I'm just talking for your entire life. I, I'm with you. I watched a lot of NBA games non-warrior game and i did watch some wars games start to finish non-warrior game i didn't watch one start to finish I, they couldn't keep my attention yeah and one i don't think i did this year was, either non-warrior game it was historically the worst season in the history of the league in terms of discrepancies of games right i mean they, there was several on a given night 30 40 point blowouts it was like an epidemic is that the right word all over the league this year <laughs> that's funny it's <laughs> a great word uh, especially because we've been using the word pandemic so much, but epidemic. I, I know. That's why it came out of my mouth. I'm like, is this correct? Yeah. But it was a problem. Like it, I, The league just wasn't competitive this year. Not from like there weren't talented players or whatever, but when two teams would play, more often than not, one team would give up. <laughs> you know, That's what made last night cool. It's like, there's a lot on the line. I don't know. People are going to try. Yeah. And it's just something that the NBA has kind of gotten away from the last couple of years. And then you factor in 
Steph and LeBron, but really, to me, Steph is more fun to watch than LeBron at this point. Do you, I'm not some LeBron hater as a player. No, no, no. He's an all-time great top two player. I just he one thing I found out last night, like he doesn't do it for me anymore, and it's not really any fault of his own. It's just his law of diminishing returns. He's been around too long. Like Michael only played for 13 years. LeBron's I, going on like year 40. I think the most respectful way to describe that for LeBron, because you're not saying he's not entertaining by NBA. I mean, he's. Like, I think Steph is the number one. It, well, let me ask you this, because I, I think he is the number one. Him and Brady, probably the number one just guy that every, that you have to watch. Uh, Mahomes, maybe, but I think Steph even has more, you know, now it's He's hard doing to compete it longer. with the NFL. But the th- I, here's the way I would say it about LeBron. LeBron right now, to me, I mean, you got to watch him because he's in the biggest games and he's the best player. He feels like Clemson, Alabama, national championship games. I got nothing but yeah. respect for Clemson, Alabama. The whole world knows they're the best programs in college football. But when those two play in the national title game, the ratings have gone down the more those teams play in the national title. You just, LeBron played in, he, he played in eight straight finals. He played, he's played in 10. He's just, he's the greatest player. There's no, you can't overexpose the greatest player. But I think Steph, how many years really did we have of Steph as the clear number one MVP level, try and shoot as much, score as much as possible guy? Once KD arrived, we've, we haven't had that guy for a few years. Now that guy's back, and, uh, you know, they weren't great this year, but you had a playoff environment game. It was just a reminder. Not that, you know, there haven't been several reminders over the course of the year, but just on a big, a big national stage. Well, and one major difference last night is at the end of the day, whether LeBron had existed or instead of signing LeBron, they had signed Kevin Durant, like whoever the Lakers had had and they were good, their brand is just going on 50-plus years of just generation after generation. Yeah, I know, it is crazy. The, the, the Warriors are talked about this huge brand, and the thing you realized last night, it ain't the Warriors. It's Steph. Like, the yeah. Lakers are not LeBron, right? They're the Lakers. Now, right. they, obviously, he's their best player, but like with Kobe and Shaq, like with Magic, like with Jerry, you just go through the years. Like, it's they're, they're just going to, when LeBron goes, they'll just have two more stars, like just who they are. Obviously, the Warriors are going to go big game hunting with Joe Lake if that's how he thinks. But I don't know, unless you get a historically great player, that's one thing the, the Lakers have always done. They've just reloaded the clip, right? It's going to be hard, you know, and I, I think you're going to feel this a little bit with like New England and, and Belichick's still there. So it's still like when the Bill leaves his changes. Yeah, it's like if you get, if Josh turns into the next Kyle Shanahan McVay and Mac Jones is, you know, a top five player, then yeah, you'll be fine. But. Does it turn out like, no, it wasn't really the Patriots. It was Bill and Tom. Because I'm watching the Warriors, and I've said this forever. If it was Anthony Davis and James Harden, and let's say they were a top two or three team in the league, like, they wouldn't do it for me. And, I, you know, part of it is that guy. And really, Draymond and Clay. like, I just Draymond know what too. I'm getting in a big game. I want to be just like, okay, I'm in with these guys. Win or lose, I know I'm getting a big boy performance. And I, I, I don't even know why I did this, because I was... There was a brief moment where I'm like, I'm not going to get too cocky on Twitter, but I want to, I hate the one. I just hate the Lakers too. Like I, I, I'm, I hate LeBron now and, and I don't really have a reason. I just like rooting against him. Like I, I want him to fail. <laughs> like he's, I, I'm rooting, actively rooting against him. And it might just be cause like he's, I hate the Lakers. It's just like, it's one of those things in me still a little fanny where I just see that brand. I hate him. And it could be jealousy from my youth, whatever it, but Kings it is fans. what it is. And, it, it, it's also what makes sports healthy. It drives me there to keep an eye on him, right? Absolutely. So it's what you want. Like well, him, you want when he's to... laying on the ground, you're yelling at the TV, get up! 
You're fine. What was, Paul, what was Paul Swearingen's thing about hate it or love it? You never oh, want yeah, to be in Paul, the middle? Paul was the guy who hired me in Fresno, my first radio job, and I produced a show for many years and worked with him, and he was just like, yeah, you be hated or loved, but if you're in the middle, it's just that's called apathy. And, you know, I think we always talked about it from, like, a college football standpoint. Like, you know, no one's buying your tickets. Basically, yeah, I I do think LeBron's Q rating with the average fan is probably down, but it's like I think p- people hating him is not a bad thing. And people love no, like, it's, and that's the thing with Steph is he's you. It's harder and harder probably to find people. That was what the beauty of Steph initially was all the shimmying and all that stuff. It's like you could find people. You had this guy who's just incredibly likable, but you could find people who hated him. Right, I met people that hate. That's I, I know people. That, I, know, I know people that don't like him. Yeah, it's he's kind of perfect in the sense that he is joy which I think is if you could have one quality from an athlete, you'd want joy because that's why people are coming to sports is for some joy. So Mahomes. that's... Huh? Mah- Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. Good- yeah, and don't get me wrong, yeah. like angry pitchers, angry linebackers, like all that stuff is just as good. But if you had like a face of the league, you'd want joy. But also he's like... You don't want to use the word arrogant or cocky because those are, those are like insinuate that the person doesn't hasn't earned it but Steph just did things through his joy that pissed people off and he's this perfect combination because <laughs> you can just argue about him all day long uh so he's just he's great like the NBA the more of him the more of him, the better because this version of Steph which is just no matter where he is he gets the shot he gets to shoot right like the, the end of that game if Kevin Durant's on the team they might win the game they might at least hit a shot to tie the game why it's harder to guard Steph and KD and Clay. Now maybe if Clay's there, it's a different animal too, right? I think you saw that at the end of the game. Well, just those, guys, those guys are there; they're not even in that game. Yeah, but I'm just right. saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. No, like yeah, a game in that yeah, circumstance. Yeah, but um, so you you win less, but you add drama. Like adding Kevin, of course they should have added Kevin, but it removed drama from the le- from not just from the Warriors games. It removed drama from the entire league, and it to me that's I think some of the early seeds for me, of watching less regular season basketball started that year when the regular season didn't, I knew it didn't matter all that much. And it didn't, right? And even a lot of the playoff games didn't matter. Which, again, if you have the ability to build an unbeatable team, you should build it 100 times out of 100. But um, we get some of this, the stuff back now where, you know, you have to, he needs to have these heroic moments because he's not on a super team. Yeah, I think and that's good. That, last night was just a game that was what the NBA desperately needs. It just reminded me of when the league was cool. I mean, there's, they're a league that's taken on a lot of water, a lot of toxicity, just negative, just just kind of indifference, which is never good for your sport, and clearly the ratings reflected. That last night was like, damn, I had to watch it, and just back to original point, like I hadn't really thought about like that in a couple of years. Now, it's unique. I mean, it's your two most famous players. So yeah. just, you know, and if Kevin, like, is in their but- world... Kevin doesn't force people. But John, this is what, remember, you've said this about Brady and, um, you know, Brady Manning played a ton. Like part of this is you just need your best players to play repeatedly in big games. And that's, that's really good for you. Period. Well, it's impossible. It's impossible in the NBA. Now I was listening to some of Simmons had Dirk on just cause I, it just, I just love Dirk Nowitzki. And he just talked about like, you know, they were just going through like from like 02 to like 11, all these devastating losses and unreal wins. It's like, you just had all this equity. That's the league I grew up on. You just attached to a team. You rooted for your squad. You had a couple teams you hated. You know what that is? That's the national football league. Yeah. 
Like yeah. you just get a team and you you have a decent idea who their core is going to be at minimum for like four or five years. The NBA a year later is like, I'm out. See ya. It's like, well, you can't even go. No, I'm you got to trade me. It's like, well, you got 17 years left in your contract. Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. <laughs> yep. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll enjoy this while we got staff. I'm, I'm the more stuff, the better in postseason stuff. Who needs to score 35? It plays, the whole team's entertaining, too. Yeah. Jordan I, I, Poole, I, I, Draymond. Andrew thoroughly Williams. enjoyed the game. Yeah. I, I got a got a little take for you about 49ers Same. rookie running back Trey Sermon and whether or not he could be the offensive rookie of the year. I was looking at the um, offensive rookie of the year odds, and I think he's a value pick. Now, before I tell you why, I'll tell you this. Trevor Lawrence is the favorite at 2-1. to one. Trey Lance is actually 5-1, to one, second best odds. Justin Fields is five and a half to one. Mac Jones is eight to one. Anybody else you want to know about? Najee Harris. Uh, not on this list. But Trey Sermon, if you come up with another name as we talk, I'll give it to you. Trey Sermon is 40 to one to be the offensive rookie of the year. And, you know, when you look back at the history of rookie offensive rookies of the year, it is a pretty distinguished list. Like, it's a pretty good indicator of who's about to be great in the NFL. Herbert won it last year, Kyler the year before, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Dak Prescott, Todd Gurley, Odell, Eddie Lacy, RG3, Cam Newton, Bradford, Percy Harvin, Matt Ryan, Adrian Peterson, Vince Young, Cadillac Williams, Roethlisberger, Anquan Bolden. So we're getting superstars. But there were two guys that stood out to me when I looked at the list of offensive rookies of the year. The guy that won it the year before Anquan in 2003 and the guy that won it in, 2000, in the year 2000. The year 2000, a Broncos running back by the name of Mike Anderson. And in 2002, a Broncos running back by the name of Clinton Portis. And I'm not saying Trey Sermon should be the, is going to be the guy, should be the guy. But when I look back and I see two running backs for Mike Shanahan winning offensive rookie of the year, three years apart, I think, why can't Trey Sermon have that kind of production? Now it takes a high, high level of production, but to me, it is an indicator that there might be some value in him as the 49ers running back. We know they've got some, we know they got a lot of running backs. We know that sometimes the running backs get hurt. We know that sometimes guys who are not expecting to be great in that system are great, right? It's hap- It's happened. It happened in Washington. It's happened for them. But I, here is Trey Sermon who, yeah, it was a third round pick. Third round picks usually are not offensive rookie of the year, but what round would he have been a second round pick in 2002? Back when we drafted running backs a little bit higher, that's what Clinton Portis was. Um, Mike Anderson was a sixth-round pick who turned into the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, what's it going to take? I'll tell you what those two guys did. 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, rushing. So it takes a lot. It takes a lot. But if one thing leads to another, why couldn't Trey Sermon find himself as the feature back in this Niners offense this year? And if he does, then to me, he's got a real shot of being the Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know what's funny is I was about to be like, well, guy, you know, it was post-Elway. I bet it was just a run-heavy team. I type in 2,000 Denver Broncos. Obviously, he had, like you said, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. It's like, I bet they didn't pass that well. They had multiple 100-catch receivers in Rod Smith and McCaffrey who accounted for 17 total touchdowns. So they were just a prolific offense because my take was going to be like, well, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, like they're going to be pretty pass-heavy. Well, actually, when you have a really balanced offense, it enables you to slice them and dice them more think two years ago with Jimmy, when it was kind of a group by committee. Yeah. But it was like they were gashing people. 
but especially the second half of the year. But Jimmy was still throwing well. It just enables you to be a balanced offense. So, yeah, I mean, this offense is conducive. My thing would be that year, you know, he got almost 300 carries. I'm just using Mike Anderson. I don't know. Clinton Portis was obviously, you know, when they when you draft a second-round running back and he was coming from the U and their peak teams, like it was probably a l- even more powerful than Trey Sermon because Trey Sermon had to transfer – texting with their guys at Oklahoma. It was just like, you know, he didn't feel, and he's. Ta- I saw him talk about this at the Niners press conference, why he transferred ultimately, like he wasn't just the feature back. Now, it shows you how good he was. He transferred to Ohio State. Right. So like he's viewed as a blue chip guy. And then it took him a while because I, I watched his press conference. I just typed in, I actually think he'd be a good podcast guest. If we go to minicamp, it'd be, it's just in my back of my head, just because I think he's got kind of got some unique stories. Like mm-hmm. his, it just it's the power of the places he went. He was kind of banged up, and it took him a while to get like the, his feet under him at Ohio State. But obviously, the last three games of the season were. I mean, he set a Big Ten all-time record. But even then, the next game in the playoffs, he ran for almost 200 yards. Like he's a he is a blue chip guy. You just is he going to get? So Mike Anderson, 297. If I told you he got 180 carries, doesn't that feel like a lot? It would feel like a lot, but I mean, they did, is, they did draft another running back, Elijah Mitchell, yep. and they have Mozart, who is proven when he's on the field, he is a dynamic NFL player, but also can get hurt. Yeah, but my point is, even if, if he just gives you 17 games, if he just gives you eight games when he's fully healthy, like he's getting touches. Yeah, right? it's again, it, to me, it's it's why it's not a prediction. I think it's just a value, but you're right. I mean, I don't I don't like to take Camara. My, my, my other pushback would be. When you just talk about draft picks, for the most part, like if you take a first or second wide receiver, you're just kind of going to go down swinging with that guy. His like his rookie year, right? Yeah. It, after a couple of years, you'd be like JJ Ortega Whiteside just doesn't get to play. But that first year with a running back, even a third round guy, if the sixth round guy, they did draft a guy in the sixth round whose stats were really good. And we and watched his, measurables. His are really tape good. is good too. He looks sweet. I mean, it's not inconceivable that like that guy just is the star running back. It's, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Now, Mike Anderson, John, when he won it, you know how old Mike Anderson was as a rookie in 2027 years old. <laughs> Mike Anderson had been a Marine for four <laughs> years before he went to the University of Utah and played at Utah. That's pretty badass. I, I, I remember that kind of vaguely, but when you say it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds familiar. That's that's a badass. That's pretty resume. badass story. Um <laughs> What, what have you done? Yeah, I just uh, I'm a Marine. I ran for 1,500 yards. As a decided rookie. to go to the decided to go to college <laughs> than the NFL. Um, I don't think that gets enough po- like play to this day. No, right, we, John. We one of my favorite phrases that everyone uses. We don't talk about it enough. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in my life. I don't have time to talk about Mike Anderson every day. Um, but Saquon, his rookie year was 260 carries and 90 catches. He was the number two pick in the draft. Well, I'm just saying that's yeah, just that's incredible production, right? Oh, catches. you're just saying what you have to produce to win the award. Yeah, like again, Mike Anderson was 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, 23 catches. Clinton was 15 rushing touchdowns plus another two receiving touchdowns and 33 catches. You know, if you told me right now Trey Sermon's got 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns, you'd be like, offensive rookie of the year or MVP candidate? That'd be incredible. <laughs> Uh, so it's not likely, but I also think like, okay, let's talk about the other aspect. Who who do you like? Do you like Jamar Chase? Do you like Kyle Pitts? Do you like one of the Alabama receivers? Like, do you like Waddle or De- is Devontae Smith going to put up numbers playing with Jalen Hurts? 
Is Waddle going to put up numbers the, playing with Tua? To me, Najee Harris could be a guy that they're going to try to keep Ben fresh, give him the ball a lot, he can catch. You'd say Travis Etienne, team's going to suck, and they're moved in wide receiver, so I'd probably say no there. The Broncos, if they were to get Rodgers, which it's just Twitter, but I just see a lot of like Broncos to Rodgers Twitter. <laughs> if he were to get traded, yeah, which I guess he's going on Kenny Maine's last Sports Center or something. He's in Hawaii. I somehow stumbled upon this deep dive of private jet that flew out, and he hasn't left Hawaii in two weeks. They drafted the UNC running back, who people loved, that I could just see having a big year. You could argue if Rodgers doesn't come and they just play with Teddy and Locke, they could just run the shit out of the ball. People love that guy. Yeah. But, you know, 17 games. To me, a wide receiver, most rookie wide receivers, Justin Jefferson was probably by far the most productive guy last year. Most of the higher drafted guys are going with questionable quarterbacks. How about like Rashad Tua, Bateman? Like I, would you trust Tua? Would you trust Jalen Hurts? Bateman, even like, do you Ravens. trust Lamar to be like, that's a lot. Uh, Waddle, who was a... Well, my point is Justin Jefferson yeah, did Devontae go to Smith, Kirk no. Cousins, who just went to a good place. Remember two years ago, DK Metcalf just got to go to Russell Wilson. Like, you are pretty dependent on having an upper-tier quarterback. I, I think it's why Trey Lance is 5-1, to one, even though we don't even know if he's the quarterback. Would you feel good about betting on any of the five quarterbacks? I'd feel best about Trey Lance, just given that. What about he, you? What about Trevor? Just be able to throw up some stats. Oh, I mean, I, Cam, I think well, he's going to be a good player, but am I the Jags? Yeah, but Cam that year that he won it, I, they draft the next year they drafted Luke Keekley, like they drafted in the top ten. So you don't need to win. Now, it, to me, Cam was just an eye test. You're like, holy shit. You know, to your point, Burrow was <laughs> you can an, be eye an eye test. You can, be, you can be an eye test. Burrow, Burrow was. The Bengals were bad. Burrow, you watched him. You went, that might be the that might be the rookie of the year this year, right? Even though it was clear the Bengals weren't going to be good. So maybe that I think, is an argument. I think Kyler was a little eye testy. He was you know, definitely his, eye testy. They, they did not win, but it was like, okay, this guy's pretty. This guy was worthy of a top pick, just the physical talent. Yeah. I think you can be eye testy as a quarterback. You can't be eye testy as a running back. You're right. He would need 1,100 yards. It's not, listen, I mean, he's, to me, them drafting in the third round, like they clearly like him, right? I mean, I think that looking at Mike Shanahan with Clinton Portis, like he drafted a guy in the second round. That guy's playing a lot. I'm trying to go But back. Alfred Morris, remember the year that RG3 won it? Yep. He was a six round pick and he ran for like 1,500 yards. One thing's clear the two running back picks. I think they want like 2,500 yards of rushing, right? Just this season. I guess that even that number, like with 17th game, like they, they want to run the shit out of the football. To your point. I think that's part, part of the thing like Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. Remember, it was clear like, okay, he's really good from the jump. And the difference of the Shanahan probably, and I think Gruden has learned this because he just got Kenyon Drake. And they last year they tried to get the dude from Utah, who I liked, but he just, you know, you probably need a. You probably ideally want a little bit better of a backup. You want to have multiple guys to keep your even your horse fresh. Nick Chubb and what's his name, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and they're probably the best yeah. duo in the league. Yeah, you're right. I mean, running backs might you could argue maybe used a little like in 2019. Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, 137 attempts for Coleman, 137 attempts for Mostert, 123 attempts for Mo, for Breida. Mostert led the team with 770 rushing yards. Now, Mozart became, that's when, when Mozart, Mozart became Mozart. Last year. He became a dude. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because he's, you know, no one's playing 16 games with for this group. Right. 
And to me, touchdowns alone don't get it because you could get nine touchdowns and seven of them come at the goal line, right? Because just when I saw the video of Trey Lance and Trey Sermon walking out to practice, I was like, oh, no wonder Ohio State and Oklahoma like this. He's fucking big. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he is not some little Matt. Remember seeing Matt Breda? Matt Breda was tiny. Breda. Right? He could fly. Breda. He People could fly. Ass, you get it wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, Trey, if Trey Lance is your quarterback, it also just gives you some other... Imagine him. Imagine an, a healthy Niners offense on the goal line. you got a lot of options of how to get the ball into the end zone, right? Yeah. And around... I mean, Chubby, Chubby Jimmy's going to have something to say about <laughs> Trey getting in the game. Lance. Yeah. John, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Right now, you save $1,000 on the new... Sleep number 360 special, special edition smart bed during the Memorial Day sale. Only at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Guy, you know the key to life? Hmm. The key to happiness? Hmm. Getting a good night's sleep. Studies have shown, I can speak from personal experience. I know you can too. The better night's sleep I get, the better I feel. The more energy I have. But here's the key. The more positive I am that day. I, I feel better. feel better about myself. I feel better about my workday, I'm more productive. I get more done. The more you get done, what does that mean? Usually, the more money you make. The more, be- the better you do whatever you do for a living, right? If you're in, if you're listen, we got a younger demo. You're in school. You want to do that homework? No one ever wants to do homework if you're sleepy. You're like, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> but if you're not sleepy, you're like, I'll just bang it out. That's the key. Sleepnumber.com/slash/ham. Can't recommend it enough. Yep. Your REM sleep creates your creativity, creates that good memory, creates that positivity. Uh, sleep number IQ sleepers proven to sleep longer and better right now. Discover proven quality sleep at, uh, and save a thousand bucks on the new sleep number 360 special edition smart bed Memorial day sale only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. We got you dog. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high quality meat and seafood you can trust you get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping as always and you get the ultimate customization your customization might be i don't know what to do send me the good stuff and they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but 
I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. All right, how about this one, John? Um, not on purpose that we're talking about this the same day we talk about the uh, Trey Sermon uh, possibilities, but the uh, and Florio wrote about this, so Florio did get a headline despite Shanahan's wishes. Um, Nick Bosa, fifth among comeback player of the year odds at seven to one. The favorite is Dak, one point seven five to one. Saquon Barkley, Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey at six to one. And uh, we did we did see the other day Kyle Shanahan talking about Michael Irvin said he's uh, he changes who we are. What do you think about Bosa's uh, opportunity? So he's the only defensive guy on the top of the list. Top five, yeah. I, I would say that's usually a good thing. So you can separate yourself, and that also means they're not quote unquote prominent. You know, it's not like Aaron Donald or Khalil Max coming back from a broken foot. Or Von anything. Miller's coming back from injury. True. Older player, yep. though. You know, you would say more likely than not past his prime. Though, I, I followed him on Instagram for years. Vaughn always looks like, an, you know, he's not, he's kind of a slimmer, smaller player. So he always just looks like, God, he could just bounce back. So, I, yeah, that's not, you know, Vic Fangio is probably one of the all-time great outside linebacker coaches, despite being a coordinator. Like, that's his kind of baby, right? The pass rush, those guys up front. So, yeah, it's, that's something to keep an eye on. And I could see, like, if the Broncos have a good season, he would probably be a prominent role. It's a good name. Those top four, Burrow would probably be their team, just might suck. But the others are pretty prominent names, right? Two years ago, McCaffrey, didn't he set the record for back-to-back years with, like, a thousand receiving, a thousand, a thousand yards, rushing. and a hundred ca- Yeah, or something. Or it was just wasn't like, a thousand, this, a thousand? Wasn't that the deal? That's what I think it was. Yeah, that's what I think it was. And then... I mean, Saquon is just a star talent if their team is just better. And also Dak, when he shattered his ankle, wasn't he on pace to shatter the record for like yards and like his 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 path as a statistical quarterback? And you just go on paper, they are pretty loaded on offense, right? They got three legit wide receivers. I some I saw something on the internet that Zeke must have been training. He looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, he kind of got shit on last year like he's over the hill. I could see him having a little something to prove, and that just helps Dak I out. I mean, Dak, did you, sorry, did you say, wasn't Dak leading the league in passing when he got hurt? Yeah, well, they didn't, wasn't he like in several statistical categories? Like they were just on pace to be like one of the greatest offenses ever. But Which was like going to be five. impressive for a team that was under 500. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and I think people just kind of rooting for him. Maybe a little less now that he got, Eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, but I I think you could root for Dak on the premise that like people say he's not worth it. So you root for a guy to prove you know to prove those people. They go ten and seven and win the East. People they're the Cowboys. Barkley, their offensive line might suck. So I I would probably I'd say Bosa could beat him out. He just might. But McCaffrey now has a better quarterback and Dak would be two pretty prominent figures. Yeah, and you got McCaffrey really gone for that long. I guess he was, in, I think in, he was injured last year. Yeah, uh, Their Carson, team was just so irrelevant. Carson Wentz is on the list? At yeah, I think he could be a major... Couldn't he be a major factor? I'd say 9-1. to one. If I put $100 on one, I'd be more likely to put it on Wentz than Bosa because I think Bosa could have like an all-pro season. But if the Colts are like the two-seed and Wentz just has a season where he throws like... 
38 touchdowns and 12 picks and people just to me especially like we love this guy like this is that narrative coming out of the building like the Buckners and the Quentin Nelsons and the Ballards like this is everything we wanted and then the hate on the Eagles I could see the snowball of positivity for Carson might be short-lived but it would be this year well he's going to be the biggest his return is bigger is a bigger NFL story than Dak's return I think even though Dak's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys I think yeah, because Dak was Dak just got injured. He was never like people were like always like, oh, we love the guy. Like people acted like Carson's a bad guy. Got ran out of town, and not just any town, <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, so I think the thing and with much the, bigger than Bosa, just because the Niners have a lot of other star players. Yeah, and there's no controversy with him now. I do think to Kyle's point, like he is critically important to the team. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the league when he's healthy. Um, I, the question for me is not, does he produce? It's just, is he healthy? If he's healthy, he's going to produce. The thing you would say about a defensive player, he's not as dependent on getting his numbers on his, the other guys on his team. Although, I mean, sacks are something that can get helped by teammates, right? Justin Smith and Alden Smith. Uh, so if the team around him is better, it helps him. But the problem is Carson's got a good team around him. Offensively, Dak has a good team around him. So quarterbacks while they're somewhat reliant on other players those guys you would say have players that they can rely on around them now Bosa could just rip off 16 sacks right Uh, we don't actually care who wins the comeback player of the year award it's more about is Bosa back because here's the thing Dak being back does that mean he's a tier one quarterback not necessarily if he's just back you know I don't. I can't, it's hard to even remember. Is Carson back based on the one year that he had that he looked like he was going to be an MVP? Like, is that what his standard is? I know what Bosa's standard is. Bosa's standard is one of the best pass rushers. If he's healthy, then it's you make the short list of the best pass rushers in the league. He's on it. Yeah. I. To me, what they need out of him is just one of those, you know, the Khalil Mack season where he was like all pro at two different positions. Now, obviously, that wouldn't happen to Bosa, but like the Aaron Donald's like second year where I was like, okay. What Bosa, what was kind of expected out of him last year, they just need him to be a star. And to me, if he's a star, he'll get votes. It'll probably be difficult to win it because typically it's just, you know, last year Alex was a unique player, but an offensive guy can just tear his ACL and the next year come back and be an all-pro and it's just so much sexier that they just need him to be like a first or second team all-pro. Yeah. And be one of the considered the best pass rushers in the league and they'll be fine. And then it'll just take care of itself. To me, he'd probably have to be historically like, do something like 19 sacks to win the award. But the Niners would sign up for like 14 and a half and just dominating the run game and just being one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I mean, taking back, like, I guess 17 games, you know, 13 sacks used to sound like a lot. Is like 15 the new 13? You know, that extra game, a lot more reps. You you would take that right now, 15, without, if I told you he's got 15, 14 and a half, you'd take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, Um, I think he had nine his rookie year, right? I, I think one of the, nine his rookie year, yeah. I think one of the things with him is he... When he's healthy, he becomes, because he is a big personality, you think of him like in that Ravens game, right? Slopping around um, the flag wave. It's weird. He, he plays like a big personality, but he's him and Joey are both kind of quiet. Off the field, right? but like the flag wave thing, right? Like he yeah. does, he, he just is, he's a face of your franchise if he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy enough to really be a face of the franchise type player. But if he's healthy... He's right up there with anybody else that you would say on this nine or ten. I mean, he's he's as, he can be as big as it gets. The way Vaughn got, the way Chase Young in a short amount of time has done for Washington football team, right? Like to me, pass rushers 
by far on defense become kind of they can represent the personality of your team more than any other position. Now you can get linebackers or safeties, corn, whatever, but pass rushers can. I know they just change the way you look at an entire defense. Well, I think. Well, I mean, I think the Browns are a great example. Like last year, it was clear, and I think Browns fans might tell you it's been a couple years, but it's harder when your team sucks. Like once they got Stefanski, and then you just watch a random Browns game, you're like, I don't think the offensive tackle can touch Miles Garrett. Yeah, and now they're just like. Throw Clowney, whether he's great, not whatever. Who cares? We got Miles Garrett, right? He makes everyone look better. Now, I, I don't even think Bosa like quite has that talent. Like he's just bigger, he's faster, he's just he's bendier. And again, he he this Miles Garrett go down is like the greatest player in the history of the league. If he really just like has like an eight year run of just doing what he's capable of doing. I mean, he's an all time physical freak. But the and he, I think you see it with Joey is the same way as Nick they can just be elite players. Like, every time they step on the field, whether they're the best player, like, there ain't five players better than them on any given field. Like, they are as as good as anybody. And that, to me, is what... Like, that's what the Niners had immediately with Nick, which I didn't quite expect it. I'll be honest. I was a little low on him. Uh, I'd say my greatest miss, uh, media miss, would be McCaffrey. I said he'll be Edelman. That's clearly not the case. He's a great, great talent. I kind of just went against the grain. It was a little Lewis Riddick on me just because everyone was blowing Nick Bosa. Anti-white guys. That's what you are. Yeah, a little anti-white guy slash the chances like he's really going to be as good as Joey. And it's like he's actually kind of maybe better. He's he's a little different. Joey's more power. Nick's a little we, more We like need speed. like two or three years of health from both of them to really have that conversation. I, think. I mean, Joey's Joey's been doing it for a little longer. Like Joey's pretty well Joey, Yeah, Joey's been paid Joey, already. Joey's got $100 million, yeah. you know. Um, we're still a couple years away from Nick getting paid. I, he's I had think, one season. But here, the other area where he's really valuable, it's not just his sack number, right? It's not just him being healthy uh, to get his own. You are so invested in this defensive line, financially with Armstead at whatever he is, $20 million, and a, and a, and a very high first-round pick in Kinlaw. And, you know, those two guys are both kind of tied to the DeForest Buckner trade that – they need to be better. And, I, you know, I don't know that Armstead can – Armstead's in his prime right now. I don't know that there's another level to his his ability. Kinlaw, you definitely think there is. But, I, you know, I, I would think Bosa helps those two guys so much, which is so critical because you've invested so much in them, right? So yeah. uh, it doesn't – you know, having the best, the grippiest car tires that you can buy on the market – do nothing for you if they're sitting on a Toyota Camry. So you you need this whole thing to work together. Like it's got to work I think together. The hard, I think the hard part about DeForest is I think typically if you just look back at some of the Belichick trades over the years, it's hard. They, they, they sold early and they had to do it big picture. And they, and bought, and they kind of four, bought on Armstead, right? Yeah, but to me you just typically like you sold on like Richard Seymour could be kind of like wanted a ton of money and was kind of a pain, you know, uh, Belichick did it when Mankins was older. It was a lot of times older. Like he usually gave his elite players first contracts, or I mean a second contract. Like they they got seven, eight years on the Patriots. Like DeForest was, he got his four years, right? And then he got paid going into his fifth. You know, just maybe he got five years. I can't even remember now. But my point is, I just follow the Colts on YouTube. Like he's one of the faces of their team. 
and he's an elite all pro and just one of the like I bet if you just ask like random scouts and coaches in the league like who's a guy you just respect on tape they'd be like that fucking well, fucker guy man if I said <laughs> if I said and it's like Armstead I mean they, the Niners would shave his contract by a third right now if they could right get it to like five million bucks if I said Armstead and Kinlaw for Buckner Ballard would hang up and the Niners would do that deal now, I mean, now again, part of this is banking on Kinlaw being doesn't have to be Buckner, but the two of them together have to combine for more than he, than Buckner's value. Honestly, I don't even think just hard. Ballard would say like, "Yeah, can I have a meeting with my guys?" He would just like, "Yeah, we're no, no, you wouldn't." I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great clip on the uh, Colts dot com video that they would make off the ACL. You wouldn't trade Buckner straight up for Bosa, no. But we'll see. Part of this is Kinlaw's. Yeah, we'll see. Players yeah. got to get better. Kinlaw's got to get better. He can. Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. The um, well, first of all, we talked about it a lot in the context of draft rumors, the lack of draft rumors. We didn't know what was real, what wasn't real. You and I had our suspicions. In the end, they don't draft Mac Jones. They draft Trey Lance. And uh, I've got the on the YouTube. I've got the video, the photo up here, John, of uh, the product that Colin Cowherd invented the other day. San Francisco seal. There is no leak. Uh, now, I've seen some people push back, not on Collins' take that the Niners don't leak, but just over the months where we've talked about it. We've talked about it for a long time, that one thing that changed pretty quickly the second they took over. Really, before they took over, this was a story, right? This was one of the things that the organization really had to address. It's now a strength. Remember, one of the things with Kyle Shanahan was like, was it Shanahan or Lynch? It was basically, I'm walking, if anything, leaks from this interview process. It was Lynch. It was Lynch. It was Lynch. <laughs> Now, so, and I've seen over the last few months, as we've talked about this, people like, no, but we did know they liked Solomon and we did know they liked, I think one thing is clear when they have to protect it, they can, once they've kind of made up their decision and they're in control, you know, like Eisen did say Trey Lance the day before, but you know, by that time, maybe they were done hiding it. Um, But this is a, well, they told told Jed on Wednesday, right, Tuesday, exactly. One one thing when we had a radio show in the in the peak of for a lot of people like you guys just blow the Niners. Unless I don't even know if the archives exist, but they don't. There was not there was not a more well, negative uh, two people consistently on the Niners because they were a full blown embarrassment. And I think one thing I used to openly say, and it was kind of openly written about. Kawakami was on this. Like the leak was, and I, I don't know if. I don't live in every market, but I follow the NFL pretty closely. And this maybe things have just dramatically changed in five years, and it would this thing would become more like viral. Jed was viewed as the leak. The owner was viewed in 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 our medium, in print medium, the way fans talked about it. Like Jed was the guy who constantly talked and leaked everything to his reporters. I mean, that was one of Tim's main thing when he was, I would say, the most prominent guy that covered. Wouldn't you say the Niners divorce with Harbaugh and just that kind of year of Tim just getting, you know, what would happen in Philly or New York? We don't really have that out here. And Tim and Jed, but it was like Jed was the leak. And I think one thing's clear, like, is, is Trent Baalke like a big leaker? Are really most GMs like Rick Spielman or just John Schneider, are they like, we got to get this out? Maybe occasionally when you got to do something strategically. I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of the game. I think pretty consistently, whether it was good or bad, er, you know, early on in the decade, it, it, it might have been Harbaugh, but it, it led in with Chip and Tom Sula. That I think it was very, very difficult for Jed not to talk, and it might be just as simple as he loved these two guys now, and he knows it's important to them. He doesn't say anything. 
because I, my thing with John clearly like, you know, is friends with Coward, is friends with Glazer. Like they talk. I, I'm pretty positive. I'm not saying Kyle doesn't have like media friends. I'm sure he does. Like not like Chris Sims, like just people that text with him or whatever. I truly believe he doesn't give a flying fuck what is written or no, said. I agree. I, I believe it too. And if there was ever a example, Chris Sims having no idea who he's taken is a pretty good example. Right now, he—I mean—they could have been in cahoots. They absolutely could have, yeah. And I suggested as much, but yeah, they could have been in cahoots. But again, the information didn't get out. So, in fairness to Chris, he's been adamant. Like, why would I? This is these are my opinions. Yeah. I like the guy. He yeah. like I—I I don't think Chris knew. I believe that Chris did not know, and I think it's a great example of what we what you just said about Kyle. I also think you think about you're like you know uh, what did you say J- John Schneider doesn't leak. What was the other name you said? I just use like Rick Spielman in Minnesota. Rick Spielman in Minnesota. I mean, what you're talking about are I tried to pick like football guys, you know. Yeah, but what you're really saying, think about the think about the list of guys you don't think leak, and then we, let's go through what is common with those guys. I bet by and large they're pretty stable. They've had their job. They've been successful. They're not on the hot seat every year. Like you leak when you have a reason to leak, and usually you're trying to defend yourself or like stable organizations typically don't leak because they don't have to. They can just go about their business. Right. They're not they're not, they don't have to play the game like there's a lot of games that we all play in this game of life. And some of them you would play no matter what. And some of them you play because you got to play them. And the leak game is not a game you play because it's a waste of your energy unless you got to play it. And the only time you really got to play it is when you have to swing public opinion about yourself, when there's some power struggle going on, when you got to make yourself look good because somebody else is attacking you. Right. Like think about. What happens, what's been happening with the, the ownership at the Washington football team? Like, it's just this constant, there's this battle going on. Stable well, organizations. They, ta- they try to do a hostile takeover. Yeah. Stable organizations <laughs> you know? don't do it because you, you wouldn't waste your time with it unless there was a benefit to you. And if you're stable, there's no benefit. People just respect you for what you do. So they're stable now. And <clears throat> it's, it's you could go chicken or the egg. Like, the fact that those guys were adamant about not leaking was a hint that they were that stability was really important to them. Um, the Niners thing was out of control the Harbaugh time, right? Remember, it yeah, was like yeah. week one, they were playing the Cowboys, Jim's fourth year, he's going to get fired, right? He is, remember, the locker room hates him. It was just, it was just one, every week it was a story. That offseason, Florio, the trade, it was crazy. Like it was going to trade the Harbaugh Harbaugh. The Niners jumped the shark on the leaks. Like they couldn't keep their mouth shut. And I think looking back, it's, it's, I I mean, a very good educated guess. We, I mean, we all assumed at the time it was Jed. I would also say looking back, it's a little bit understandable. Well, yeah, he had to be, he had to get things out. Public opinion was all on Harbaugh's side. Yeah. You had to get it out that he's a crazy SOB. And I think what he learned, no one gives a shit. When you win, you you could tell me, Jed, he told you to pull your pants down, run around the practice field, just do unlimited laps. Like, the fans would have been, laughed. You, that was, I mean, maybe Jed learned from it. I don't know. Maybe it's easy because he respects John and Kyle. That was a 100% lo- Jed lost. Jed lost that heavily, right? I mean, he, he got, if, it was a, if that was a game, Harbaugh versus Jed, now, it's aged. It hasn't gone great for Harbaugh, but just Harbaugh with the Niners and the Harbaugh firing to go to Tom Sula and Chip is like 100 to nothing. To Harb- just everything Jed lost. <laughs> like he got he got destroyed. 
because he kept trying to double down on the on the PR game. My whole take on the PR game, I think it's very overrated. Like, just let your stuff speak for itself. Sure. And you but get too caught that, up on I that. I also you do can't. understand. Yeah, I understand it that no, way. I, I bet you, you had to do something with a divorce, but it's just like he wouldn't let it go. I, I also just, think it the got mis- worse. The mistake, now that we have hindsight, the mistake was not moving on from Harbaugh. The mistake was who got hired after Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, all, as we're discussing this, let's include a YouTube comment uh, because Troy says one on YouTube. Troy says one year out of how many, and that makes you stable. Thinky emoji. There's a difference between winning and and just being stable, uh, stable people, being a stable organization, right? Being people that don't have any interest in playing that game. And I think part of it is that the Niners. I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are pretty self confident who they are what they're doing, why they're doing it. Time will tell if they, they, they need to win, right? But that's, you can be a stable person and have a stable organization even if you're not, even if your win-loss record is not stable. I got another one for you. There is a dramatic difference between having one good season, aka like making the playoffs, and going to the Super Bowl. There just is. Like, you can go around yeah. the league. Like, there have been several teams in the NFL that like, when Minnesota go to Super Bowl, Lions go to Super Bowl, Texans go to Super Bowl, like most teams don't go to the Super Bowl. They help. I bet if you look the last 20 years, how many teams have not made a championship game, right? Like that's, I know Raider fans always get offended. Like they had one year. Like, yeah, their one year went to the fucking, if the Raiders went to the Super Bowl, you guys would fucking throw a party and deservingly so, even if you lost it. Like it's a big deal. It just, it's simply a big deal. The Cowboys, it speaks to how big their brand is. Have not been to a championship game since 1995-96 season, whatever. That last, you know, their last Super Bowl in their three-peat. They haven't been to a championship game. That means they haven't made it past the second round. And think, they've had a lot of, like, productive playoff. I bet they've made the playoffs, just if I had to guess off the top of my head, in the last 20 years, seven, eight times. Right? Just be a wild card team stuff. That They haven't made it past the second round. Like, that's... Doing that, like... Obviously, the the game is like why the Chiefs get all the credit now. It's like three straight years of championship games, back to back Super Bowls. They won one. Like the highest level is just rattling off like championship right. games, right? Right. And then win like every five years, win a Super Bowl. If you can do like a Brady and Belichick, win like two of four, or whatever. But How about like last year, it, like it falls apart on you, and you still win your division. Who's that? The Seahawks. Yeah, just, I mean, they're a great example. Like, the Niners have to do that. Like, they're not, you know, the Rams have had much more success in four years than the Niners, right? Because they've both been to the Super Bowl, and the Rams haven't had a losing season the other three years. Yeah. Right? And they've made the playoffs twice. They've won a playoff game. Yeah, that's not, I completely agree. But to act like it's just some random one-off, like going to a Super Bowl, like the year the Falcons lost to the Super Bowl was a really big deal for the franchise, right? Yeah. I know it sucked the way to lose 28-3. Now, part of why it turned out they crumbled, the reason they crumbled, because Kyle, Sh- the reason they were great was their offensive, st- the the offense. And then the coach leaves, and then they weren't quite the same. So can the Niners, like, can their defense maintain good? Like, there are questions. I'm not, no one's putting this thing in stone. But, well, like, clearly, Kyle and John are good. Yeah. Now, I- John... I mean, John has a huge role. We'll find out personnel stuff. They've had a lot of misses, like a lot of teams. I think we know Kyle's really good. Yeah, but and here's a comment on YouTube from Jacob. They still have a lot to prove. No question. But here's what they don't have to prove is that they know how to just run an organization. Like, they know how to run a solid organization, hierarchy, talented people working together, not infighting. If there is, it doesn't get out. Keep it in-house, right? Like, 
uh, uh, unified messaging, those types of things. They still got to win a bunch of football games. No question. But that, to me, the, the point of this conversation, here's one thing that the organization struggled with, that good organizations do consistently, that we can say pretty definitively they do consistently. Agree? Facts. Facts. John, speaking of facts, how about the facts about geology, which we're a fan of? Geology.com slash ham. Geology.com slash ham gets you 40% off any trial product. And right now you can pre-order already 20% off the new SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen. Yep. Geology.com slash ham. I have it. You have it. Listen, we all got different skin tones. We all got some people have oily, some people have dry, some people need to exfoliate more, some people use need to use a lighter wash, some people need to moisturize more. That's where Geology has you covered. They had me covered, they have Haberman covered. A lot of guys, you know, it's like for years been washing our face with bar soap. Time to get with the times, people. It's 2021. Make yourself look good. Geology, I got the repairing night cream mm. in my hands right now. I got the vital morning face cream. I got I, I got use that creams every day. galore. I use creams the, galore. I guys. use the vital morning face cream every day, John. So like you said, some people you need to fight acne. For me, reduce oiliness. You can help prevent some wrinkles, maybe combat some dark or puffy under eyes. Hopefully, you get the sleep number and the dark, puffy under eyes ain't your oh. problem. But that can be your problem even if you're getting nine hours. Every body is different. And geology's got something for all of you right now. Geology.com slash ham. Save up to 40% on all trials and get ready for just your day-to-day in the sun. It doesn't just mean being on the beach with the SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen, which you can pre-order right now. Pre-order right now. These are all um, these are all highly uh, high-quality products, what I'm trying to say. The sunscreen two years in the making right now. Uh, geology.com slash ham. Do it. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas. Com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it they'll get you outfitted if you can't make it to a store tecovas delivers the most premium quality most comfortable western goods right to your door visit tecovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com and point your toes west uh, tony la Russa. <laughs> now i have a i have a, a weakness 
And I've talked about this weakness before. You know about it. I think it's you actually you have it, too, because you just explained about it with Nick Bosa. If everybody piles on someone one direction, I I tend to go the other way and it can bite you because you can ignore things that are in front of your face. Like I out of spite, I just liked Jay Cutler for many years because I was like, yeah, the rest of you can shove it. Like, get off this guy's case. Turns out people were just kind of right. Right. And that's how you felt about Bosa. So. I'm not here to defend Tony La Russa because I think even though I actually like swinging 3-0 up 15 to 4, it's just basic sportsmanship. The same way like you're up 30 in a basketball game, you don't start hoisting threes. Like I don't think that's that crazy of an unwritten rule, but you can disagree if you want. Dude starts throwing 45 miles an hour, all bets are off. Like you do whatever the hell you want when the guy's throwing half as fat. He's a position player. That said, they were buddies too from like the Dominican or whatever. Yeah, like I they mean, had known each other. Did you even see this LaRusso year when Rizzo faced Freddie Freeman? Yeah, and laughing. Yeah. yeah, it's like they just come on, Tony, ease up. That said, I think there are fewer and fewer people like Tony LaRussa in sports. We're going to miss them when they're gone. Dying breed. My favorite part of that story was Lance Lynn on his team saying yeah, basically, yeah, like t- Tony doesn't know. I'm. I'm with Mercedes, the player. I'm not with Tony. And Tony said, Lance has a locker. I have an office. At some point, leadership uh, At some point, leadership is you're supposed to represent. I don't forget that part. Lance has a locker. I have an office. Now, he's wrong about being able to swing 3-0, 45 miles an hour. But I, coaches, managers, they don't, they're, not throwing, they're not taking on their own guys in the media anymore. And uh, a little personality. Not everybody has to agree. Like, that's that's good for sports. And I just, the future managers of this game are not saying things like, he's got a locker, I've got an office, like, I'm the boss. So, well, I mean, I think I think one of the greatest sound bites in the history of sporting sound bites is Tommy Lasorda oh. on Bavacqua. Now, granted, he was on another team. But I think the key was the sports we grew up on. You know, even Lasorda was older. Hell, Tony Larusa was older, like when we were like twelve. You know, but Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson used to go out of his way. One, he'd crush his own guys. I mean, he wrote a book who crushed Kobe, and then he went back to coach him. But he would always talk shit about other coaches. These coaches, Bill Parcells was famous for crushing his own players. Like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, like they crushed Jared Goff through Michael Silver. They never really said anything. Even to this day, Sean is not going to say anything bad. They're part of what makes sports great are the characters. Absolutely. And listen, I, I don't want to sound like an old get off my lawn. I'm 36 years old. But like one thing the NBA, I've been saying this for a while, has lost is just some crazy motherfuckers. Like the NBA I grew up on, at any moment, something crazy could happen. And you're just, you, you knew it. The NFL is still always like that because the game is still physical. Like they take the physicality. Part of where it happened in the NBA was like, a hard foul and it was melee, right? right? Well, the hard fouls don't exist anymore, right? A hard foul even now. I don't know, LeBron, LeBron, uh, John, LeBron almost went to the hospital on Wednesday night. But to me, coaches, like in baseball, you you said this before we started the podcast, not in a million years would Dave Roberts, I mean, I don't think Gabe Kapler would be allowed to say this, Alex Cora, the Red Sox, they, they would never Ever. I mean, what he which, calls his which, guys savages. Which, by the way, if I was, you know, I wouldn't want my manager, like, I'm not saying it's good, necessarily, but it's entertaining. I, I, it's good for the sport. It's Yeah, and entertain, they're in the entertainment business. Like, we're in the entertainment business, right? If, if you do something, whether a television show, which that's what sports are, whether you do what we do, we talk now. Like, you're, ultimately, your goal is to entertain. 
And I do think just it's become much more generic, right? It's like, I don't even think, I know for a fact, coaches in all three major sports have to hate certain things and they just have to muzzle themselves. We're back in the day. And listen, I'm not saying every coach, just a first year coach back in 83 had the juice to say it. But like if Brad Stevens wanted to go, yeah, I think we've been pretty gutless this year. You know, I think beside like Marcus Smart, I think Tatum's been pretty selfish. That's getting said in the 80, 87. That's not getting said now. And that, but that creates like, damn, you see what that gets people talking. That gets people enjoy La Russa, that got more people talking, I'd say, about baseball than anything that's happened. I mean, oh, to, anything that negatively has happened in, in baseball. They're year. a great example because they're a legitimately good baseball team. And I told you they're the best team in baseball. Last year, I watched a lot of White Sox games. And I loved what last year it was clear to me, like, this team's pretty sweet. Well, you went to the playoff game against the A's, and remember, that weren't they up 2 nothing? They were, yeah, they looked good in the postseason, too. But they've just got sweet players, Abreu and some of their pitchers, and uh, all these dudes that have, like, kind of have bellies and hit bombs. And, you know, to me, it'd be one thing I if Larusa was coaching the, the Angels, skip, if, if he was the skipper of the Angels. The Angels stink. He's like, it's the best combination of the White Sox are a great story for baseball reasons. And now they're a story because the manager, one of the best teams in baseball, is like going to war with his own clubhouse. It's, it's fantastic. So, but guy, he he's one of the greatest managers in the history of the sport, right? Right. Yeah. Wouldn't he be considered that? Yeah. I mean, he's not a guy that you can just kick, five, you can just kick to the curb and promote your pitching coach. Yeah, I, I think we're the Plus NFL he's still tight with the owner, so it's. I, I think the NFL has lost. Like they used to be full of just parcels, right? And they don't have as many of those anymore. But the one thing in football that you can still become really famous on as a coach is be like this schematic genius. And we're fascinated by that. Always have. Even going back to like before we were born, you can read about some of these coaches like Al Davis's X's nose brain in the 70s. Like people just fascinated by outthinking people. We're in baseball. It's like, well, I know the managers ain't doing anything. Like, I don't think Gabe Kapler's getting that much credit. We're like, yeah, you don't even set the lineups or do anything. Like, I don't give him any credit. I give all the credit to the GM. Whether that's fair or not. I lean it's probably pretty fair because we all know the GMs run it. La Russa, and this is why everyone pushed back when he was hired, which I thought was kind of stupid. It's like, okay, I get he's old, but let's not act like he's the village idiot. Like he hasn't forgotten more baseball than probably 90% of the managers right now in the game know, right? He's yeah, I think the question mind. was, is right, there there is an advantage to be gained by analytics. Is he open to using that advantage, right? I think that's kind of... Clearly what, working whatever they're doing. Yeah, they got great right. players. <laughs> I don't know really what... A, you know, managers' moments. We'll see. Like, yeah, Phil Jackson. Me, Phil matters, Jackson had great players, though. Yeah. You know, it's like you oh, have great well, players. Well, I don't... Win. I've always said this. You can't find a championship team that won without great players. Like, no coach has ever won without great players. But, you know, the, the, moment, the moments that a baseball manager gets, he gets a couple... Over the course of a year, Bochi, you get a couple. It would what 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 would you do with Madison Bumgarner in the World Series? Like how did you like you'll get like Larusa? This team's good enough that he's just going to get a couple of big moments. How does he handle it? I just think it's very healthy still to this day in sports to be like, yeah, we're not going. That's not going to fly here. And you just you know that happens. Think about this. That happens in every one of our walk of lives, right? Whether we're for eighteen years when we're a kid in our parents' roof, we're told all the time, no. When you get a hired and you get a job, you're told all the time by your bosses, whether it's no or you can't do that or you can't stay here or that's not good enough or you got to do that. 
human beings, everyone listening is told their wives say no. Like we're told no, we're humbled. Yet I think sometimes, and, and this is where the basketball has really become, it's like, God, these guys, Kyrie can just do whatever. Like that's not relatable. Where just say what you want, even if he's wrong. Yeah. And I think it's stupid. <laughs> I've been texting a lot of people. And it's like, God, Tony, just chill out a little bit. Yeah. It is enjoyable. Absolutely. Like, that's and that's my, my that's the problem. The one area you might kind of lose the locker room is this is a ridiculous take. Like this is the hill you're gonna die on. You can't hit. Well, it's like let it go, Tony. Again, the guy was throwing 45 miles an Seven. hour. 47. 47 miles an hour. By the way, the guy who hit the ball, Mercedes. He's like a 27 year old second year player. Like this guy, he's making 500,000. Like he's every home run. Like he's out here fighting for his career, right? That's the other thing. Didn't he hit like 40? I guess they only play 60 games. But he he's like a 40. He was good last year, too. But I just mean like he's been basically in a bunch of minor league systems since they got him in the Rule 5 draft. Guy, he hit some home runs I see just on highlights that feel like they're traveling farther. Like when he's facing legit pitchers. Like he hits bombs. Tony's not just a manager of a good team. You just made me think of this. He's also a manager of one of the most fun teams in the game. And here he is like (laughs) anti-fun. Didn't you know someone of the White Sox or someone that said like the moment they did it, people were already out? Yeah, somebody did tell me that internally they thought A.J. Hinch was going to be the guy. Um, And that's who a lot of people wanted. But guess Phil Jackson... Jerry Reinsdorf is tight with Tony. They hired Tony. Well, I'll never forget this. And Jerry Reinsdorf talks about like this. speaking of good management. Like he's good management historically. Maybe we've talked about this publicly. Maybe we haven't, but it's so far removed. It doesn't matter anymore. We, when we had the radio show, we got to go to spring training and we used to go and get to interview, you know, the A's and the Giants. Well, with the A's, because we had them, they would just funnel us people. With the Giants, we kind of had to hustle for them. It was, we were outsiders. But we got to do Bochi, maybe both years, but definitely one year. And we waited. And Bochi always did a good job of placating. He was great with the media. So we always put on this face. And I think most people are like, God, he's a great guy. And he is. I know, I, like, people, a guy that worked for my cousin's business, was like his best friend in the minor leagues, loves him. Like, he's Bochi's salt of the earth. I do think Bochi is a complete old school, hard ass. I don't think he's the easiest guy to deal with on a daily basis. And Tim Flannery, the third base coach, legendary third base coach, is just retired. And who, what was the guy's name? Roberto Kelly. Job? And we were going to interview Bruce Bochy. And he was in a closed-door meeting, but the door was kind of cracked open. And I remember you and I were standing there, and it was very, very tense. And like he was kind of reading him the riot act of what was acceptable, what we were going to do, and how to do it. In spring training, the came, pressure was on in spring training. Guy, wasn't that like the third day of spring training, too? It was pretty like it, We weren't like a month in. He, the, Roberto Kelly walked out of that room like I'm sure offensive coordinators have walked out of the room with Bill Parcells. Like, am I going to get fired this year? Like, am I going to make it? And the I answer remember was, being, yeah, he was, was terrible. Was and maybe, so maybe Bochi knew, but I remember being scared for Roberto Kelly. Like, God damn, that's, I was intimidated. Like, are we sure you're ready for this guy? And, and, and he flips the switch and he was great. But it's just like hard asses consistently in life let alone sports, win. I, I do think they do a better job of just shutting their mouth now. I don't think they don't think like that. Like, I don't... Right. Kyle Shanahan just traded to Forrest Buckner. Like, they will do cutthroat things. They'll just... I think Andy's a great example of this. Like, his actions, if you just look at 20 years of cutting guys, trading guys, like, pretty cutthroat. Were you there? You know? Yeah. But he's very like, oh, big lovable, big, big red. That's his nickname, big, big red. red. Yeah, big red will cut your they don't ass. They'll call you fire big red if you're just a jerk to everybody. <laughs> they don't love you. No. 
Were you there the year that I hosted that Grizzlies banquet and Bochi was there? Did you attend that one? Was Matt Cain there that one? Yeah, Matt Cain was there. Yeah, I went. Bochi was very cool. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a uh, he's very loose, but I think he's much closer to like a Larusa Parcells than anyone would ever mention him to be. Like, I mean, he's an old and remember when it, catcher. Remember the remember when it all fe- fight. Remember when the Giants fell apart three years ago and some anonymous players came out like, yeah, we think he's kind of lost it. Like he, he was so angry, like his energy was negative because he couldn't. You, Bill Parcells, Tommy Lasorda, Tony Larusa. Even Belichick, I bet Belichick seven and nine was just like, oh my, like just the misery. Like old school hard asses do not can just be miserable fast. You know who ain't seven and nine right now? Who? Uh, the Giants have the most wins in baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. They're Twenty-eight and sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty good. Uh. They're pretty. Corey Connors is tied for first. I know. I got him on my team, Chad. I've got my DraftKings team right now has Corey Connors T one, Hovland T one, Keegan T one. <laughs> you know the the hard part about gambling on and golf. I'm only in front by a point. If you truly like, because you're gonna have a bunch of good ideas, you'd have to put like five hundred dollars to execute all the yeah, ideas. I know. That's where <laughs> DraftKings get expe- is great. Yeah, DraftKings is great that way. A couple YouTube comments. Um, uh, this is from Zach. He says, Middlecoff, you used to drive me nuts when you followed the Raiders. Now this is my favorite YouTube channel. You guys are great. Back when you did Raiders postgame. Remember that? He's. Do you think he's speaking as a Raider fan? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. John used to do Raiders postgame. John was the Raiders postgame host. I saw Derek Carr re... re I, I don't know. It's called a retweet, but I don't know, what's a story? A repost mm-hmm. you know, on his Insta story. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the the cars have kind of gotten into golf. I think. I mean, Derek's probably a pretty good player, but David has the TrackMan that they all the pros use. Just the the box TrackMan, which I think runs for Tyler Raber told me about fifteen to twenty k. Just that little box that just reads the like eight numbers. He must have been hitting fucking drives at his TrackMan house at David Carr's estate in Bakersfield. Carried it, I think, like three forty five, and the quote was like, "Don't stop lifting weights." Like. I'd make fun of David for being kind of jacked or whatever. I don't know why he's so jacked, but I will say this. I bet David Carr can bomb some drives. Yeah, yeah, wow. I bet Derek can too. In the heat of Bakersfield. Because I, when I Tyler's busted that out, I, I can hit the ball 300 yards. A good carry for me is like 280. You're getting 330, 320 carries. That, those are bombs. Speaking of which, do you so, follow, do you follow Berkshire, Kyle Berkshire, yeah, yeah, the, the long drive guy? guy? Yeah. Some of his carries that he posts on Instagram are four ten. Now he swings. Bryson talks about him twenty four. Bryson loves him. So I was watching one of the. I watched Phil some practice. Did you watch any of the practice round stuff on ESPN Plus Wednesday or? No, Tuesday? I didn't. No, I didn't. Phil has the track man out there on the like as they're playing practice holes, and these guys hit like multiple balls. And, yeah, and like Andy North. I think you're allowed to do it. I think you're allowed to do it. Well, I was watching. You know what fascinates <laughs> me is like how do all these guys play practice rounds? Because it looks like it'd be slow as hell. But I think some of them play nine or like Rom and Finau were playing together, and they didn't. They just were standing on a tee box for like seven minutes doing nothing but just hanging out. But Phil, Phil was playing. He had, he was taking the track man with him on the tee box. Yeah, in the practice round. What? I, but it's like historic that they all have money games in the practice round. Well, how do you have a money game when you're hitting seven balls? Well, they must. Be, I bet there's different types of practice rounds, right? I bet like, yeah, th- yeah, this type of practice round is not the money game practice round in a ma- in a major. Yeah, it's probably like they're just feeling out the course, hitting multiple drives. 
I bet yeah. I bet those games happen more when you're at a course you've played multiple times, maybe. So maybe it's not majors, but it's this where it's every year you're back at Memorial or something. Bay Hill, just some of these random tournaments. Do you remember the old days when Steph would have a good game and Spieth would be a baller and like you check Under Armour stock? I'm wearing my Under Armour. I'm wearing an Under Armour golf shirt that I actually got at Raiders Camp for at Raiders Camp one year, like the Napa Outlets. Yeah. Remember we used to go? Is you follow them? Under Armour stock? stock? I mean, Big Steph Day and Spieth in the news? Is Under Armour bouncing back? It is Lulu, Uber, Nike. I might have just taken it off my ticker. No. <laughs> they were, there, there was a point in time where it felt like Under Armour was really headed somewhere. And they still do. I mean, like, oh, what's your, what's your lineup? You're like, I don't know. We got The Rock, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Mike Trout, Buster Posey, Jordan Spieth. Like, their lineup is still pretty solid. It's not like they missed on all their players. Like, they did nail. When Cam Newton was in his peak, Steph was balling, Spieth was winning majors, and Tom Brady was like, even, I mean, he's been sweet for 20 years now. It's like, God damn, this Nike, Nike's in trouble. They can feel him. And then remember, they offered Kevin a bunch of money, and he, Kevin Durant was going to go there, and he turned him down last minute for Nike. That would have been, I think, a pretty pivotal. One problem for Steph is shoes. Even though I saw a guy at the gym, you know, Steph's shoes have gotten progressively better. They have. They're definitely, they, I saw like a younger high school basketball player look like getting a lift in at my gym yeah. for Las Lomas. And his shoes, I, I, they were Under Armour, so they're definitely Steph. They look pretty good. They do. I, I've talked over the years to a few, like the college basketball players, and the guy, I have not talked, to, obviously, the last year or two, but they historically have not liked their Under Armour shoes. Those guys. Well, I think, but, think, think about Nike. Like, if you've been doing something forever, like, why do people like, like, uh, Titleist Irons. I don't know. They've been in the game for 50 years. This is like, yeah, they've been in the shoe game since, uh, what's his name? Prefontaine in the yeah. 70s. Like, they just you know what they're doing. Uh, raid the tape on YouTube. Uh, raid the tape, Raider fan. What's up with Julio Jones? He washed up. I actually don't think he's washed up. I just think he's super expensive. Do you think he's washed up, quote unquote, or washed? I, I He's definitely not washed. Uh, I, I think older players who's had that much you know, it's wear and tear on the tires. I think in last year was injured. It would be a risky move. Like, is he just going to be a guy that's injured a lot now? Like he, he could easily just have two more years of where he bat, bangs off, you know, 15, 16 games back to back years. Right. But what, is there a year like where a foot just shatters and it's not because like someone it's just wear and tear on the foot, the bones were a little thinner. Right. I, you know, I'm not just a state school guy, but clearly like I had this theory when a guy tears an Achilles, is Achilles a little bit like a tire? Like the more some of these guys just train and train and train or some just, you know, Achilles yeah. stronger than other people's Achilles? Well, well I'm sure, but yeah. I remember hearing a doctor say years ago, it's a ma- it's not a matter of if, but when with Achilles. If you play enough pickup hoops a- at age 50, like... Yeah. So maybe you start off with just a thinner tire slash Achilles, right? Because why do some guys tear their Achilles at like... I guess it's pretty consistent. It feels like older guys tear their Achilles in sports more than like a 21-year-old. Every once in a while it happens to a younger guy. Definitely when you have another injury and you start balancing it out. You know, it's like when your car Clay. is out of alignment and your tires run. Uh, Navarro Bowman, remember he tore his Achilles yeah. after the ma- major yeah. knee injury? Yeah, so right. it starts like balancing your training out. Yep. That's another theory of mine from uh, the doctor's office here. And remember, remember who used to tell us that is uh, Doug Christie used to talk about that. The what? Well, when you hurt one side of your body, the other side of your body becomes more susceptible. 
Is Doug Christie a healthy eater? Or is he just naturally incredible genetics? Or is I he mean, a dirty eater. No, not still? dirty eater at all. He drinks. Remember, he drinks like uh, red wine vinegar. Apple no apple cider vinegar every day, among other things. Oh, he's re- he's a very healthy, extraordinarily healthy, <laughs> extremely gotcha. healthy. Yeah. So it's not just genetics. Well, the genetics I mean, is the height. The height is <laughs> the genetics. <laughs> I, but I just mean he would naturally be his tall, waist skinny, size but has got to be. Yeah. What is he? Six eight, and he's. Six six and his waist size has got to be a thirty four. I mean, it's mean, probably bigger yeah, than that, but he's cut, slim. Yeah. Uh, the 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 belt doesn't the belt doesn't break ninety. You know, start to bend forward a little bit. <laughs> All right, uh, bag alert on Friday. We'll see if I'm still in the lead at DraftKings by then. And um, if you're watching on the YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, check out the pod, tell your friends. Uh, yeah, man, holler at us. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thanks, everybody. Later.